0: This is Report to Wyoming. My guest for today is James Gallup. He is a firearm instructor for the Wyoming Gun Company in Casper. He had actually commented on a post that we shared um, from one of our content contributors about the best guns for Wyoming's concealed carry enthusiasts. And um, he had said, K2, we need to have a talk. So I sent message received and uh, we talk about his favorite guns and we get into gun safety and... This conversation ends up going all over the place, but it was a lot of fun. I think that we'll do uh, an, a second part as well. But here is part one.
1: So I, I wouldn't go, I'm trying to pull the article up so I can remember what I was thinking. But uh, the Smith, Wesson, Smith & Wesson 38 special, I think it, it's kind of limited in, in what it can do. So you're kind of limiting yourself to capacity to start off with. And then on top of that, it's got a really heavy trigger pull, so it takes anywhere from, like, 12 pounds to to 15 pounds to be able to pull leads to, right? Another thing that I I find happens a lot, too, especially in my classes when people bring revolvers in, is that they tend to not like the recoil of them. So there's quite a bit of recoil with a 38 Special. That kind of decreases people's ability to be able to shoot accurately because then they kind of become afraid of the recoil.
0: makes sense. So I guess first, let's get some background information. How did you end up doing what you're doing now?
1: Well, I, I grew up around guns, basically, and kind of fell in love with, with teaching when I was working for the Boy Scouts. And I'd teach the boys during summer camp and, and teach them how to shoot rifles and and kind of just exploded from there. Applied here a couple years later, got a job and and started teaching classes, and eventually I was able to to take over the classes and kind of manage it and and update the curriculum to keep it relevant and that kind of thing. I've been doing this for going on six years now here at Wyoming gun Company I've been teaching a total of eight years
0: when have you always lived in Casper or did you move here?
1: Uh, I moved up here in two thousand and eleven I grew up in Utah
0: nice why Casper
1: uh, my parents had ended up moving up here because my dad got a job with the True Companies, and I kind of followed up a year or two later just to kind of be around them and, and try to go back to school, but ended up shooting guns for a living. <laughs> How
0: often are people coming in for classes?
1: Um, they come in quite a bit. It's, it's quite full. They're, they're really busy classes, and, and they fill up pretty quick.
0: All right, and then as far as gun ownership in Wyoming, like we had talked about, people in Wyoming love their guns. It's always a popular topic. What do you think it is about Wyomingites? Is it just that we love the idea of independence, freedom? What kind of things do you think influences that?
1: Uh, I, I think that's exactly it. People love their freedoms. Uh, people love to be self-sufficient here, and they want to be able to take care of themselves, and and that, that's kind of a big part of the the gun culture, is being able to be self-sufficient. Do you see
0: people who are kind of timid around firearms, who just want a little bit more practice so that they can feel more confident with their guns?
1: Yeah, that, that's kind of the starting point. You know, a lot of people kind of feel nervous to, to begin with, and then they just want to, to learn, learn more. And the more they learn, the, the more confidence they develop.
0: What kind of safety things maybe do people um, not always think of?
1: man there's a lot so i'm gonna go with the, the four golden rules of firearm safety just to to kind of cover my bases here and then on top of that like it doesn't matter what the situation is you can be showing a customer a handgun or a gun in general you can be cleaning your gun at home you could be putting your gun away making sure inspecting it making sure it's ready to go, you could be grocery shopping, whatever the situation may be, self-defense even. Uh, the four golden rules of firearm safety apply to those situations. And I think a lot of people don't think about those situations and how those rules apply.
0: Do you want to go over what they are?
1: The first rule I, I like to teach is that all guns are always loaded all the time. So that, that's kind of like an attitude check, right? We look at a gun, you know, You've got to kind of have to assume that it, it's loaded. You know, even though we, we know it may not be, we want to treat it as if it is loaded just to kind of check our attitude to make sure we're, we're already thinking about safety.
0: I think Alec Baldwin and probably should have done
1: that. <laughs> I, I use him as an example quite frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he kind of gets the point across, right? He kind of got in, mm-hmm. into some trouble not only once but twice now yeah. just because he, he didn't follow those rules, and they're extremely important because of that.
0: So number
1: one, it's always loaded. Yep, it's always loaded. And then number two, we want to make sure we keep that muzzle pointed in a safe direction until we're actually ready to shoot. Our sights are lined up and we're actually ready to shoot. So we've made that conscious decision that I can fire this gun. It's safe to fire this gun. And so that's one of the rules that gets broken the most, I feel. and, And sometimes... Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of evidence. We could get on YouTube and, and look at rule number two being broken all the time, people pointing that muzzle in an unsafe direction. You know, it's, it's pretty easy to break, and, and we kind of just lose that attitude of safety, and we lose track of where we point that muzzle. And and uh, we have to be able to think about where a safe direction is. We have to be able to solve that problem. Is it safe to point my muzzle in, in this direction, or should I point it over here? You know, that kind of a thing.
0: Number
1: three? Uh, number three is keep your finger off the trigger until you're ready to shoot. So kind of going along with, with rule number two, right, we've, we've got to keep that muzzle pointed in a safe direction. The trigger is what makes the gun actually work. So until we're ready to shoot, we've got to keep our finger off of that trigger. This one gets broken, probably not quite to the extent that rule number two gets broken, but it does and it happens, and and this is where, you know, injuries can potentially occur when we break rule number three.
0: I got distracted in the conversation before getting to rule number four, but in case you were wondering, rule number four is to always keep the gun unloaded until you are ready to use it. When people come in, do they bring their own guns uh, for these classes, or do they get them there?
1: So you can bring your own guns. In fact, we kind of recommend it, but if if you're looking to purchase a gun or you don't have a gun and you're just wanting to learn how to be safe with them, we do provide rentals for our basic pistol course.
0: And does someone have to be like 21 or is there like a an age requirement?
1: Uh, to rent a firearm, yes. But to take a class, just 10 and older.
0: Okay. 10. Have you had quite a few youngsters?
1: Yep, I get quite a few. In fact, the youngest kid I have, he was Five, I think, but we didn't we didn't do any shooting with him because I couldn't take him out on the range mm. just because he was so young but I've had him take the classroom portion just so he can his parents wanted him to be familiar with with the four golden rules of firearm safety and, and how to be safe with the parts of the gun and how to be safe with the gun in general
0: are a lot of the people that come in it's probably hard to generalize, but how much expertise do they have? Are they kind of like they know a little bit about gun safety and shooting, or do you get a lot of people who have no idea where to start and they don't know much at all?
1: Um, lately, it's it's been more of people who who don't know where to start, but there is that larger population that have kind of grown up around firearms that knows a little bit, but you know they still haven't taken a training course.
0: What is your favorite? gun or the best gun for conceal carry?
1: So I like, my number one is going to be the Glock 43X. So it's a reasonable price. Uh, I want to say it's around 500 to 550. I'm not sure quite off the top of my head here. Uh, The reason why I like it is because it's a simple design. It's probably the most dependable firearm out there because of that simple design. And it's lightweight and you have plenty of capacity with it, so there's there's anywhere from ten round magazines up to a fifteen round magazine, and I right now I've got on me a twenty round magazine for it.
0: Is it small?
1: Uh, it's smaller than than your full size firearms, yeah. Okay. So the the barrel I want to say is about three and a half to four inches.
0: Mm. Like, would you recommend people get a holster if they are trying to carry? Um, I know some people will keep uh, a handgun in a purse. There's all kinds of ways to keep guns concealed. What do you think is best?
1: So I like uh, what they call on-body carry in a holster that's uh, molded, built specifically for my firearm. I I don't really care for universal firearm or universal holsters because I think those create a lot of safety issues. And we kind of cover those safety issues in the class in my uh, other classes. And then <clears throat> a lot of women, they end up using purses. It's not my favorite, but I mean, if it gets you to, to carry a gun to protect yourself, let's do it. You know, and there's, there's ways that we can learn how to use purses and how to draw the firearm from a purse, how to how to do emergency reloads, all that stuff efficiently from a, a off-body carry position, such as a, a purse.
0: Yeah, and it goes back, too, to, like, maybe why Wyomingites uh, do seem to have so many guns. That's kind of like a stereotype, I guess. But I wonder, too, if it's just, like, the vast remoteness of our state. Um, there's certainly stretches when you're driving uh, without service for many hours. Like, you go from here all the way to, like, uh, southwest Wyoming, you're going to go through uh, Jeffrey City, Farson, a lot of places where you're just not going to get service. You're kind of on your own. Um, so right. traveling, that sort of thing. I think that's probably one of the main reasons why women, when they're traveling alone would want to carry something for protection. What other reasons do you think, um, people might, what kind of situations, I guess, do you think people might want to be prepared for, even if they don't want it to happen?
1: Um, well, I mean if if you live a good life, you know, you don't go to bars late at night, you don't hang out with with crazy people and you don't do crazy things, you're going to limit the the chances of having to ever use your gun by quite a bit. But when we start to to live those risky lives, that's when we kind of expose ourselves to those situations. So just by by living a good wholesome life, you're you're going to avoid those situations, but it's kind of hard to, to name a specific situation where we where we need to to have a gun because we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know what it's going to be like, and chaos is just going to show up, and it's going to be hard to think. And, and that's where training kind of comes into play, to get us ready for those situations that we may or may not encounter.
0: Yeah, one news story that comes to mind that happened not too long ago, but um, it was a family who their house was broken into it like 10 a.m. in the morning and um, had the person not had a gun, it's hard to say what would have happened or if um, it wouldn't have been much worse. The suspects did run off. They were arrested. Um, I think they're still in custody right now, but that was um, a situation where the survivors were able to scramble up to a safe and get their firearm out and intimidate the intruders um, which is like everybody's nightmare, I think. And so people have kind of yeah, already thought through it. that. Right. So people do uh, carry for that reason as well, just p- to protect your home. Um, there are factors in that that I wonder, like when you are stressed out trying to get into a safe or if, you know, you've got the the perpetrators are barging in, mm-hmm. some safes are easier to get into than others. Do mm-hmm. you have a safe I've noticed that beeps when you're entering the code, which I really don't like? <laughs> I'm like, I'd like
1: to <laughs> right. be. So it just yeah. gives away your position.
0: <laughs> yeah, so those kind of things. Do you walk through with people, like just kind of the scenario in terms of like this is going to be the most efficient way to access your um, gun if you needed to?
1: So I've got, and there's all kinds of different types of safes, but what I've I've found, I've got a snap safe. I've got one in my truck. I've got one next to my bed there. And it just kind of folds up open like a, a folder, and I can just stick the gun in there. And then it has a little key that I can lock. So what I do when I'm, I'm at, at night sleeping, and I have two little kids, and so this just kind of makes me feel better. It allows me to, to feel like I can protect the home and then also keep the kids safe. You know, if they decide to, to wake up in the middle of the night and play with things they shouldn't play with. I have this my gun in this little snap safe, and so I'll have my loaded magazine in my gun, but I won't chamber around, and then I just leave the key in the locked position and the key inside of the lock, so then all i got to do is turn the key, open the, the safe, run my slide, and I'm, I'm ready to defend the house. At the same time, too, my kids don't know how to run the slide and unlock that that snap safe so that keeps the kids safe at the same time too so these are these are kind of those situations that we have to think about and we kind of have to uh, plan for and train for
0: right and then i think in that situation it's probably best to have a loaded gun ready to go as well so i don't know if everybody thinks about the fact that you might not have time to load your weapon Um,
1: yeah see and that that's exactly why i leave a loaded mag in it i won't chamber around because i know the kids aren't strong enough to be able to, to run that slide to load the gun. Mm-hmm. So that that's going to take me a half second to, to run the slide and get it ready while the guy's trying to kick in the door kind of a thing. So I, defending the home, I feel like you're going to have a little bit of time, but not a whole lot.
0: Right. Yeah, in the police report with this one, it just, it just seems like it just happens so quickly. Um, and there are Yeah, other things I mean, it's still... Do. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. I mean, like, yeah, it'll still happen quick. I mean, most of your gun fights are done and over with within four seconds. Okay. So,
0: yeah. How hard is it to shoot a handgun? I mean, in a situation like that, they're kind of hard to aim. This
1: you they know, something are has to be
0: close by.
1: <clears throat> so this is this is one of the things that I, in fact, it, it kind of. My little pet peeve, you could say, Wyoming, we love to hunt. We love to shoot rifles. Everybody's really good at shooting rifles. But then those skills don't really translate over to to handguns because there's a lot more variables. You're not as supported and you're not as stable. There's a lot more movement that can occur, and when that movement happens in the gun, you're going to miss your target. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely important to learn the fundamentals of, of marksmanship with handguns specifically. And the better we get at those, the better off we're going to be if we ever have to use our gun.
0: Right. So a big part of then what you're doing, too, is having people uh, take aim and target practice.
1: Yep. Yep. So we'll go out and shoot and we'll teach them how to to shoot accurately, fast and accurate.
0: I wonder how common it is, or if you see this, um, where people will go and purchase a gun and then they have that gun to protect their house. But they never actually use it
1: oh man that happens a lot (laughs) i guarantee if you ask if you talk to most gun owners they maybe come in once every blue moon to, to shoot their gun and that's it and then there's the occasional that'll come in on a weekly basis maybe a monthly basis to practice with their gun so that that's kind of a rarity
0: in wyoming do you have to register firearms
1: You do not. So Wyoming doesn't really care what firearms you own.
0: Okay. And so when you guys do, you have people coming in. Do you, you know, do you have to ask, or is there anything that you can do, or I guess like security-wise for you guys, if you've got a felon in possession of a firearm, is that something that you guys can kind of screen for?
1: Uh, Yeah. So if they come in to purchase a gun specifically, we have to, to fill out what we call a 4473. That is a a basically transfer paperwork. So you're going from us to whoever's trying to purchase the gun. And that's just a paper trail for the federal government to keep track of if they need to. And then after they fill that out, we'll run them through a background check through the FBI. And if, if they pass that, we can sell them the gun. If not, we won't sell them the gun.
0: Gotcha. And then when people can bring in their own guns for a safety class... Um, I'm just thinking, what kind of things are you asking of people to make sure that the gun's not stolen or, you know, that sort of thing?
1: What we do is when we have them fill out our waiver, one of the questions in there, you know, do you have a criminal history? Do you have felonies, things like that? And so they kind of we will kind of base off, you know, our actions off of what they, how they fill out and answer our waiver but, like, on the legal side of things, it, it's not in our jurisdiction to, to kind of investigate and figure out if this person can really have this gun that's, that's more of a law enforcement issue.
0: Okay. What about limits on how many guns people can get? What kind of rules are there that, I mean, are there rules, I should say, in terms of how many and types, all that?
1: Uh, probably depends on the state, but Wyoming doesn't have any limits, Okay.
0: Hmm. And then, can you? While well, I've got you, and I'm sure I could do some homework on this too, but um, are any types of guns outlawed right now in Wyoming? Uh,
1: no. <laughs> you can you can possess most of them legally. There there may be a few hoops you have to jump through to get some, but you can get them.
0: Like um, an AK-47, for example, is that something they could purchase at the store?
1: Yep, you can come in and pick, uh, purchase a semi-automatic AK-47.
0: Is that popular?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's quite not as popular as the AR-15, but it's probably a close second.
0: Okay. Um, so I know what your recommendation is already for uh, the best handgun for concealed carry. What about the most popular? What do people come in and ask for a lot?
1: So kind of our, our top two are either going to be the, the Glock, and Glock's got a, quite a few different models that are are good for concealed carry. And then the next popular one's probably going to be the the Sig Sauer P365, and they've got a few different models of, of that line as well. Right now the more popular one I'd say is the P365 Macro. That one's kind of hard to keep on the shelf.
0: Oh, What's uh, so appealing about that one?
1: Um, it it kind of falls in line with with the Glock 43X. It's simple in design. It's it's easy to run. It has high capacity. It's lightweight and small for concealability.
0: Hmm. Interesting. What about? Do you guys sell any? Um, I think it's called. It's like a Ruger 380. A really small. Yeah.
1: Really teeny tiny one. So yep. on your article, I'm looking at the M&P Bodyguard. That one's a 380. Uh, The caliber is fine. I wouldn't recommend the bodyguard because a couple things, you're limited in capacity. I think it only holds six to eight rounds. The safety is kind of hard to manipulate on that one. So if I need to use the gun, it's kind of hard to get that safety on and off. And then the other thing that I've seen a lot of people struggle with is it's too small. So it's hard to control, Hmm. hard to control the recoil in it. So, there's kind of like that fine line of where it's too small and it's too big that a lot of people are looking for.
0: Hmm. I wonder, I'm going to look through here and see. I want your expert opinion on some of these, like the SR9, the brushed stainless. What about that? The Ruger SR9. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one.
1: uh, so, So, that one's kind of more of the full size. It's got pretty good capacity. I want to say it's about. 15 to 17 rounds not real sure it's it's an older model I don't even think they make that one anymore hmm. uh, it's kind of bigger so it's a little bit harder to conceal carry but I mean it, it goes bang every time you press the trigger it's not a bad gun just not the greatest
0: yeah there's so many directions that we could go with this <laughs> yeah this topic
1: oh yeah you're telling me
0: <laughs> so you're probably testing out just about everything that comes inventory wise into the store right
1: Yeah, try to maintain a good product knowledge.
0: What about gun maintenance? Is there anything people should do? Like, when you have one, is that pretty much, like, you know, good for life? Or what kind of things can happen with a gun over time that might make it less effective?
1: Uh, You'll eventually, it kind of depends on how much you shoot it. Most people, they probably don't shoot their guns enough to, to cause parts to wear out. As far as maintenance go, like some, it's kind of personal preference. I've, I've heard some people, they like to clean their guns after every time they get done shooting it. There's some that'll go a couple hundred rounds, and then there's some that'll go until it stops working and then clean it. I'm, I'm kind of one that goes every couple hundred rounds, so about 500 rounds I'll, I'll clean it.
0: But then these are people who are regularly coming in, shooting their gun. Um, if it's just, yeah, you know, they put it in a safe and that's it? Then is there really anything that they need to do? But I mean, obviously, it would be ideal if they were actually comfortable in using their gun. But for, you know, in terms yeah, of it was just out of sight, <laughs> out of mind.
1: Yep, yep, that's kind of it. But I think keeping your gun lubricated goes a long ways with it too. So um, I'll make sure it's it's oiled up and lubricated before I go and shoot it, and that that usually uh, helps with with dependability and it actually functioning quite a bit.
0: I wonder if there are guns that people find easier to shoot. So it might not necessarily be your number one pick, but for somebody who maybe doesn't have the grip strength or um, is maybe a little bit more timid about something that's harder to pull back and the kick, that sort of thing. Is there anything, a gun that you think is more amenable to those people?
1: Yeah, so I like the uh, Smith & Wesson Easy. That is, that is a fantastic gun for, for people that don't have a whole lot of grip strength. It's easy to operate, it's easy to manipulate, and it, it gives confidence to those kinds of people that don't have that grip strength. And, then some of it's and in fact, my mom shoots easy. that right. one.
0: The, what was it called again?
1: <laughs>
0: the Smith
1: & Wesson easy? easy Shield. Easy
0: Shield. Okay, I'll look that up. That's something for me when I've gone shooting... I don't know. I always am a little bit, like, hesitant. There's always just, like, that little bit of adrenaline because I know how loud it's going (laughs) to be. Right. I do wonder if you have to, yeah, a little hump that people have to get over all the time in terms of, like, it's surprisingly loud. You know it's going to be, but the feel of it, it's all, you know, somewhat shocking.
1: Well, I mean, you got a small controlled explosion in your hands, so it is pretty loud.
0: In terms of injuries... What, what's the best way to hurt yourself?
1: Breaking the four golden rules of firearm safety.
0: Do people ever aim like too close? I'm thinking like hold it too close to their face, <laughs> things like that. That just you know we don't always think about, but an inexperienced person might do.
1: Oh yeah, yep, they they definitely do, and and you could get on YouTube and watch stuff like that all day long because of it.
0: Yeah, and I guess that one. I'm thinking more like. I don't know, people with rifles, like breaking their glasses or something with a handgun, I guess that'd be a little different. When I was growing up in high school, this is a bit of a off topic, but I wonder how much this might bug you or not. We used to have people with their gun racks in their truck, and the school was fine with it back then. It's since changed its policy. And I saw it when I was in college in Montana, too, but people just leaving their rifles in the truck a lot of these guys and gals would be like hunting after school etc but they just kind of lived there why might that be a bad idea
1: i don't know that it would be a bad idea i think where people go wrong is they don't walk their cars and that's when Mm. people get in and steal firearms because i I was one of those kids like at high school we'd we'd keep our guns and in our car our trucks and we'd go rabbit hunting after school and we would do that and we didn't have any problems with it
0: when I was on campus in um, at Montana State University, it was perfectly legal. You could do that, so a lot of kids yeah. did. But then you can't bring it on yeah. the campus. That was debated though for a while. They almost they almost said, "Yeah, you can conceal carry on campus," but I I think that it was um, overturned.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are trying to push that. I kind of see the you know the good in it that we're we're trying to like create an atmosphere where we can protect ourselves. You know, especially from, from active shooter situations, which, I mean, that's a whole other topic in and of itself. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I can see the good in it, but I, I think there's definitely need, needs to be a dialogue with it from both sides, and, you know, there could be a good compromise made there.
0: Right. It was, you know, fiercely debated, and so definitely that could be a whole other podcast episode in the future if you want to have that conversation. But that will be for another day. In terms of, though, just, like, owning right. firearms coming in, do they just give you a call or book online or something?
1: Um, yeah, we, we do offer private lessons, so if they wanted to do a private lesson instead of the classroom setting, just give me a call here at, at the gun company, and we can schedule a time and get you set up and trained.
0: Okay, and then otherwise you've got classes probably posted somewhere, but, like, Monday through Friday, or is there specific days that you do it consistently?
1: Um, generally on the weekends. Occasionally we'll have them on the weekdays, probably like a Wednesday or Thursday at the end of the month.
0: And then you said you can bring in your own gun, or they've got you guys have guns that they can use. But does it have to be a potential purchase?
1: No, nope, they can shoot whatever they want. I mean, we've got quite a selection of rental firearms.
0: We ended up off-topic again because the subject of guns is so vast... Um, the conversation turns towards guns on campuses and, uh, teachers being able to carry.
1: If you want to have, have that conversation about schools and guns, my instructor, my other instructor, Butch Steinley, he actually trains teachers down in Texas oh, wow. to, to carry guns and to defend the classroom. So he'd be a good one to, to talk to about that too.
0: Oh yeah. We could even do like a group call. Um... And just chat about, yeah, and I'll do, on my end, some digging and find out what the policy is. I don't think in Wyoming anyone's allowed. Teachers are just not allowed to, I don't think. But I don't know.
1: No. A lot of private schools will let teachers carry, but public public schools won't. This has been Report to Wyoming,
0: presented in the public interest by Town Square Media.